Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are numbers 21 through 22. Rabbit Trails We start with an interesting note. Yahweh tells Moses to make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and the remaining Israelites that have been bitten will be healed. Moses does as told. But then, in 2 Kings, we will see this serpent on a pole that Yahweh originally ordained will be destroyed, and its destruction is seen as a good thing in the eyes of Yahweh. Why is that? Well, later on, the Israelites began burning incense to it and worshiping the symbol itself, Eek, a symbol the Father gave that is eventually worshipped. 2 Kings 18.1 reads, I'm sorry, 18.1 through 4 reads, In the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abiyah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses has made, had made, for up to that time the Israelites had been burning incense to it. Mm. We see that Messiah compares himself to this serpent in John 3.14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Separate but somewhat related, this brought to mind how the people ended up worshiping the symbol of the serpent on the pole rather than the Creator. In some ways, we are in danger of doing the same when it comes to the symbol of the cross versus our Messiah. I've known a lot of people who treat the cross as a talisman, And I admit I've done this myself in my life. We must be very careful not to fall in the same traps of our spiritual ancestors. Side note, an interesting and sobering rabbit trail is whether or not Messiah was crucified on a cross-beamed cross or a single stake. It's just something you can look into on your own time if you like. There will probably be just as many opinions for and against, and it's certainly not a salvation issue, of course. Actually, most opinions will lead towards a crossbeam to support the cross symbol, so I would look for dissenting historical accounts to get a fuller picture. Here's a quick link to an article on Wikipedia that will start you off if you'd like to accept this mission. Balaam's Donkey Fact One of the only two animals in the Bible to ever speak. The serpent in the garden is first. Now, from time to time in my notes, a few friends have stepped in to give me time to meet other deadlines in my life. Today, Debbie Engel is stepping in with her rabbit trails to cover the spots that mine didn't. Debbie's Rabbits Chapter 21 A study about the songs in chapter 21 verses 10 through 20 as Israel moved on to Moab is linked below. Can any of you hear the old Spring Up Oh Well Splish Splash song from Vacation Bible School here? Apparently, songs were part of the journey. Most of these songs have been lost to history, as the Book of Wars of Yahweh has been lost. I'm reminded that the Psalms are also songs. 
the Aliyah Psalms 120 through 132 were sung as Israel went up to Jerusalem during the Feast of Yahweh each year. Songs are such a great way to remember and teach. My guess is that you have easily memorized songs before. The Father seems to use them to help His children remember their history, His history. Israel is on the move, making progress towards their promised land, but they run into some resistance. King Sihon of the Amorites, scary guy, defeated, check. King Og of Bashan, scary guy, also defeated, check. Numbers 21 through 34 says, Do not fear him. I have given him with all his people in his land into your hand. Friends, we need to trust the Father. Move when he says move. Scary or not, no fear. Chapter 22. Balak is taking note, and he realizes that Moab could be in danger if Israel is allowed to continue unchecked. He seems unwilling to approach them militarily at this point. Wonder why. (laughs) So he and his elders decide the best plan of action is to call upon Balaam in order to have Israel properly cursed. Balak states that whoever you bless will be blessed and whoever you curse will be cursed in Numbers 22.6. Does something about that sound familiar? See Genesis 12.3. In Genesis, the God of Israel, Yehovah, states who he will bless and curse. In Numbers 22, Balak ascribes this power to Balaam. What can we learn about Balaam from this? Hint, think about authentic versus counterfeit. It would appear that Balaam originally did try to rid himself of this request to curse Israel in Numbers 22.13. However, Balak and his elders proved to be a persistent bunch, Numbers 22.15. Yehovah eventually releases Balaam to go with the elders to Moab, but under a condition. Since the men came to you to summon you, arise and go with them. However, only the word I tell you are you to do. That's from Numbers 22.20. Now, that's where things get confusing. Yehovah tells Balaam to go, then becomes angry with Balaam that Balaam went in Numbers 21-22. What can we make of that? Well, Yehovah may have sensed that Balaam's motives were impure. Perhaps Balaam intended to disobey the condition and curse Israel. I personally think that Balaam kept asking and kept asking, so Yehovah gave Balaam what he asked for, consequences and all. Does this ever happen to us? Do we ever keep asking for something that's not in Jehovah's will? Sometimes we find that the thing we ask for is not the thing that is best for us. I believe this is what Balaam is about to learn. Jehovah's anger is kindled against Balaam, but the self-proclaimed prophet is unable to see the angel of Jehovah standing in his path. It turns out that Balaam's donkey has more spiritual insight than the false prophet himself. Enjoy that for a moment. Also, remember Christie's visual about just how numerous the nation of Israel had become, the football stadiums? I love that chapter 22 ends with Balak and Balaam looking out. They could only see part of the people. I bet Balak was shaking in his sandals. So what about Israel? Do they even know that this battle has been raging? It's very likely that they did not know. What lesson can we take from that? Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.